Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. And if you loved The Unhurried Homeschooler, you will love The Four-Hour School Day as well. It's kind of a more of an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. And lastly, I also also wrote um, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschool moms. And you can find all of those books on Amazon. You can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. And you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. Well, it is a brand new year. And you all have heard me talk about uh, a CTC math for some time now, but have you tried it out yet? CTC math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. I encourage you to start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Go check it out. I think you're going to love it. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about building your family culture. Now, we just finished up with the holidays and a lot of people think about family culture being uh, something that you is more on the forefront of your mind uh, during the holidays as you're um, you know, going and looking at lights and baking cookies and whatever it is that you do uh, over that the holiday season, we often think of that really as building a family culture. And, and that is part of it. But there's a whole other 11 months of the year. And what does it look like during that time to be building a family culture. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I have invited uh, my daughter, Jenna, um, who is married to Sam and has three kids, Avi, Jazer, and Vander. And if some of you remember uh, the story, we were, uh, my other daughter, 20-year-old daughter, Johanna, and I were there in Idaho with them for 12 days waiting for Vander to arrive. And he decided that he was going to come about oh, 15 hours after we had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got to meet him a few weeks ago when Sam and Jen and their family flew out and uh, we just got to spend a whole bunch of time together as a family. We were only missing two out of everyone, which was uh, just nothing short of a Christmas miracle. So we thoroughly enjoyed it. But right now I've got Jenna um, on the line and she's not here anymore, but we are talking long distance and uh, doing this over computers. I love technology for that particular purpose. And she is actually, um, <laughs> she's actually, tell them what you're doing, Jenna. How are you oh recording gosh. this podcast? I'm sitting under a blanket with but, my Bluetooth headphones in right, because- I don't have a sound studio and I don't have a walk-in <laughs> closet to record this in, so. Right. So uh, she's do, uh, recording from a tent, um, a, bl a blanket fort, and I am <laughs> recording in our closet, and uh, it's sort of a walk-in closet. You know, it's big enough, though, that it should actually have a light and a light switch, and it doesn't. And so I had Luke install one of those battery-operated motion-censored uh, little... Um, lights, which has been fantastic, except if I don't keep moving while I'm in here, it shuts off <laughs> and I can't see my notes. <laughs> and the other thing that I realized 
uh, Jenna, is that your dad has, he has way more clothes than I do. And he is pretty much taking uh, yeah. over this closet. Like what the heck? <laughs> All organized by color. Well, it used to be. It's not oh. anymore. So those days are long gone. Um <laughs> But I want to start today um, as we talk about this topic. Um, it's been on your heart too. We've we've had text conversations about this, um, that you. this is something that's really been on your heart as well. And I, I found it interesting because it's been on my heart too. And we just happened to realize that we were both on the same page when you uh, shared this blog post, um, or actually it wasn't a blog post, it was an Instagram post. And so I'm going to start there. I'm going to read through that post, which um, many of you may have read if you follow me on Instagram or if you follow Jenna, but I shared it on mine as well. And so I'm going to read through it because I really want uh, moms to hear uh, your heart and hear what you had to say because um, it was just articulated so well. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that were in that uh, in that uh, post. Okay, so here's what Jenna said. She said, I've been thinking, maybe overthinking, the whole concept of building your family culture. I never expected my family to move 3,000 miles away from me. When they did move, I figured it'd still be fairly easy to keep my family's culture and traditions alive within my own growing household. But here's the truth. A healthy, functional family culture is not a birthright. It's an effort. Having grown up in a happy, healthy, wholesome family unit means nothing less. It means nothing unless I choose to uphold that lifestyle standard in my own household. And I won't sugarcoat it. It's a lonely affair at first. And sure, I could simply wait for a culture to quote unquote materialize because they do. But those are thoughtless, unconsecrated family cultures. And they're often toxic because of that. That's not what I want for my children. I'm realizing it's a lot of layers of daily consistency. It's getting up and reading your Bible. It's the smell of coffee that leads to deep conversations. It's the prayers over breakfast, the snuggles at nap time. It's baking bread. It's trips to the library every week or the grocery store. It's weaving a fabric of security, thread by seemingly mundane, faithful thread. And when they're older, you'll all look back on the beautiful tapestry that God used you to weave for them. And make no mistake, if it is consecrated to Christ, it will be beautiful. And I just love that. I, I loved um, how you pointed out that it's an effort, you know? Mm -hmm something that just happened. So what brought you to the, the point of, of writing this? What, what kind of inspired you to do that? I think it was just like walking away from, you know, having spent time with my family steeped in our culture and then walking back into my home and realizing that those things, that culture is starting to materialize bit by bit in my own home. But then I think about the fact that it's been like in eight-year journey mm -hmm. <laughs> of mm -hmm. bringing this culture about. And so much of it has just seemed like plotting. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know yes. how when a tapestry is woven and the back of it looks messy? <laughs> right, right, right. But, yes. But you I don't, don't see the front of it. 
Yes. Yeah. I don't know if any of you have looked at the back of a tapestry. If you haven't, I challenge you to do that. Go someplace where you can find a placemat or something or even get online. And and there's pictures of the backs of tapestries and they're just messy looking. And yet they're weaved one thread at a time. And, um, you know, Jenna, I was talking to your dad about this and he was saying, yeah, sometimes the thread that is being weaved doesn't seem like it fits. Like, mm-hmm. or it's a not a thread you would have chosen. Mm-hmm. And yet the designer, God, knows what thread needs to be in that particular spot. So maybe that particular season of your life, maybe it's a season of mm-hmm. difficulty, trial, affliction. Um, yeah. And then, and then and every now- have beginnings and endings. <laughs> They do, exactly. And they blend with the other ones to create a beautiful, beautiful piece of art. And, you know, it's amazing when you do finally turn that thing over and see how beautiful it is. And and that's where, like, in those early years, um, you're just getting the first few rows of threads mm-hmm. in there. And it's not really making a whole lot of sense at that point, maybe, um, to, the, to the naked eye. It's a lot of trust. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of... Uh, being intentional in the right things. And that's what we want to talk about today. Like, what does that actually look like in everyday life? Because I know that's, if I were listening to this podcast, I would be like, okay, so we're building a family culture. I'm at the beginning of that. What does that even mean? As I mean, I have to bake Mm -hmm. cookies with my kids all the time. You know, we think of Pinterest, (laughs) you know, social media, but I love what you said in what you wrote. It is the little things. It is the, it's the deep conversations. It's the faithfulness to the things that God has called your family to each day, day in and day out. And a lot of time it, it's mundane. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's it's weaving a fabric of security thread by seemingly mundane, faithful thread. And I love that because it, it does often feel seemingly mundane because what it means to build a family culture starts by... Um, you talked about a he- healthy, functional family, happy and wholesome. Those are the words you used. But the only way that that can happen is if we're working from a biblical framework. So that's where we start when we think mm-hmm. about building a family culture. We start with sticking to God's framework for family, not deviating from it. So, for instance, marriage, right? Mm-hmm. We we make sure that we are building a marriage that is based on God's word. The husband is leading the family. And obviously mm-hmm. they are still learning how to do that. You know, like especially mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And I think this is something we have to recognize as women. We've got to let them find their way. So that means sometimes we have to yield to that leadership even when he's not doing it the way that we think he should. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, like like your dad, he's a very strong personality. And so there are times that, you know, the way that he has chosen to handle something is not the way I would have chosen to handle it, but I I needed to let him do it because mm-hmm. that was encouraging him in his role. Did he make mistakes? Yes. Did he learn from mm-hmm. them? Yes. <laughs> you know, and my job was just to pray for him and not say, I told you so, you know, yeah. if I if I had a different idea. So 
I, I think, you know, the thing that's interesting is that there are times that, you know, he has been wanting to make a decision. Most of the time we've been in agreement on decisions. And and now it's just literally like pretty much 99% of the time there is just this symphony between us. Like mm-hmm. we, we get each, we know we're just on the same page. And that has mm-hmm. come after years and years and years of practice. But we are also in a season of, that's new to us. And that is being patriarch, matriarch of the family of, of grown kids, like adult mm-hmm. kids who have now, you know, some of them have been, a couple of you guys have been married for like 10 years, you know? <laughs> so like, what does that look like as we're adding more daughters-in-laws and son-in-laws and things like that and more mm-hmm. grandkids? And it's just, so we've had to, every season brings its challenges. And so my job in our marriage is obviously prayer first, but also continuing to allow him to lead the way that God has made him to do that. And mm-hmm. so um, so I think marriage, wouldn't you say? I mean, that's a huge thing right there. One of the greatest oh, yeah, gifts absolutely. you can give your kids is a strong, solid marriage. That brings mm-hmm. so much security to them. You were talking about security in what you wrote. Mm-hmm. And I think security is just such an important factor because when kids feel secure, they do everything else so much better. They grow and develop better. They uh, learn to understand what healthy relationships look like better. They know a little more what it looks like to work through conflict. Um, they learn about mm-hmm. respect and honor. Um, you know, so there's just so much that we give our kids when we give them a healthy marriage. And that's been really fun to see um, you and and Brittany both like, now you guys have been married for like 10 years now. <laughs> and just seeing that oneness that mm-hmm. you both have with your spouses um, and just the growth and the, you know, just how you're so on the same page, even when you're like disciplining the kids and things like that. You know, there were times mm-hmm. Sam just picked up one of the kids and brought him out to d- down the hall to the bedroom. And <laughs> I was so, so proud of him because he's just like, okay, we're at someone else's house, but this needs to be done. And he did it, you know, and um, yeah, it was just great. So. Um, you know, I just think, you know, part of building a family culture, like I said, is letting your husband lead the way mm-hmm. that he needs to lead. And so like with your dad, what some of the things that came out of that was a strong work ethic. We both have a strong work ethic, but it was important for, especially for the boys to see that he had a yeah. strong work ethic and he's mm-hmm. very economically minded, um, financially savvy, th- those kinds of things. Not that he didn't make mistakes along the way, but he... Um, learned from those and has, you know, kind of uh, shared that wisdom um, Mm -hmm. with the kids. Um, He also doesn't give a royal rip what anybody thinks. And there are times it's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) I won't lie. (laughs) But now more than anything, I just find it hysterical. And I just sit back and think, you know what? I love this man so much. I'm so glad he doesn't care what anybody thinks. because That has saved our family from so much grief. When I've been mm-hmm. tempted to give into f- maybe friends' ideas that were more legalistic, I mean, he was mm-hmm. like, big fat no. And yeah. so that's when I said, okay, I need to yield to what he is wanting. Um, even though I'm, I feel like, oh gosh, this looks like, you know, I like rules. I like boundaries. I'm more comfortable. <laughs> with that. And, and this man is telling me, uh, no, we're staying away from this. This is dangerous. And then I just yielded to it because I knew 
that was what God had called me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I'm going to tell a really quick story because I think this is really um, important. So back in the day, um, I had uh, several friends who had decided that they were going to wear dresses only. Okay. And so we were having these discussions about about wearing dresses only or whether women should wear pants or not. That was just kind of a conversation that went on. And and I honestly, like, I feel like each couple should decide that for themselves. And so when I felt confused about that, I just went back to that whole idea that I needed to submit to what my husband wanted. So I went to your dad and I said, here's the deal. Here's the argument for, you know, wearing dresses. And I was willing, like, if he wanted me to wear them, I would wear them. I just needed to know. And he looked at me and he said, I like you in pants. I like you in your jeans. And I was like, okay, end of discussion. And then I could go back to those women because we weren't arguing about it or anything, but it was just a topic of discussion. And so I had, you know, my best uh, tool there was to say to them, because they couldn't argue with it, my husband doesn't want me wearing uh, wearing dresses. He wants me, yeah. he likes mind if I wear dresses, but he prefers that I wear pants. So I need to submit to him. And so that was just a great, that was just such a great example of, you know, just the freedom that comes with letting our husbands lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I think also uh, building the family culture, again, it's marriage and then, uh, and then our parenting, right? Like our mm-hmm. discipline our training of the kids, our discipling, it needs to be based in scripture. And scripture is very clear about the need for discipline. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it happening. Go ahead. So much, well, it's like they say, more is caught than taught. What are your kids catching Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. you? Right. Are they catching you reading your Bible in the morning? Are Mm -hmm. they catching you and your husband spending time together in conversation? Are they seeing like consistently a biblical model of marriage and those gender roles? And right. um, are they seeing you submitting? Are they seeing you being respectful? You know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know there were times that I gave into temptation of, of complaining, I, especially to you and your sister, because you guys were the oldest and you were, you were kind of like my friends. <laughs> But I would find myself sometimes complaining about your dad to you. And the Lord really convicted me about that because that was simply not okay. You know, it was not okay for me to dishonor him to anybody else, you know, in mm-hmm. front of anybody else, but especially my kids, you know. So I'd have to go back and say it was wrong for me to talk about dad like that and to, you know, make sure that you knew that we landed in a place of agreement and, you mm-hmm. know, we were definitely on the same page because I think it's important for kids to know that there's consistency, you know. Absolutely. The, yeah. Yeah. And so, and you don't, you can't like... I can't even begin to express like how important it was the security of knowing that like my parents would never get divorced. Right. Right. Like I grew up just knowing that. And a lot of my friends didn't know that for sure with their parents. Mm -hmm. They didn't feel completely secure in their parents' marriage. And I can't imagine how terrifying that would be. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. We would actually jokingly say that we'll never get a divorce. We say death before divorce will kill each other first, right? <laughs> that was our big joke. 
And y'all knew that wasn't going to happen. So uh, (laughs) yeah, 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 I agree. I think that is just so, so important. And you mentioned like manners, respect and honor. Those are things that happen in the day to day in those relationships between the siblings, Mm -hmm. between mom and dad and between mom and dad and the kids, you know, just there's a general uh, standard of honoring Mm -hmm. and respecting one another. It doesn't mean you don't talk about the hard things when you need to talk about them, but it's done in a way that honors the other person and wants what's best for them. And obviously Mm -hmm. we did not always do that perfectly. Let me just clarify that. I I don't know. I had, I had some review on the podcast. I don't think this person has listened to me for very long. She said she didn't, she felt like all I did was talk about how perfect my family was. And I'm like, you clearly haven't listened to the episodes where I talk about the ways that I had totally messed up. So um, anyway, all that to say, I just want to be be careful that I'm not conveying that to anybody because I think that's the beauty of doing of what you said, cons, everything consecrated to the Lord. We offer our whole selves and we offer our whole family to Him continually as like a living sacrifice and He consecrates it. And, and so those places where we mess up and, and it can be multiple times. His grace just like oozes over all of it. And it ends up not being the things that your kids remember. Um, you know, so I just, I love what you said about like consecrating it to the Lord and being intentional and God blesses that, you know, he knows Mm -hmm. we're not perfect. Um, yeah, he knows we're, we're dust. And so again, this, building a family culture is some of the, th- the threads. The threads are the, the strong biblical marriage, the parenting that is very intentional and um, not getting our parenting advice uh, necessarily from uh, social media or places that we shouldn't, but really, oh, really gosh, no. making sure that we're digging into scripture and being intentional mm-hmm. and talk to people who are older than you, whose kids you can see are bearing good fruit. Like families that are bearing good fruit, go find out, like, what is it they do? Why, Mm -hmm. how do they, you know, like maybe their kids are polite. So this is something that I think is, I probably need to do another, a different episode on this, but talking about how important manners are. It's not a put on, it's not a fakey thing. It's, it's an honoring other people. And so when we say please, and we say thank, when we teach our kids to say please and thank you to each other, to us, that's where it starts. That's that building family culture where we are honoring one another. And one of the ways we do that is by using our manners, you know, and that starts at home. I remember, um, remember when Ben was getting a phone call from a Christian camp that he worked for, ended up working for for years, but he, when he was initially, uh, looking into it and talking with the guy who ran the camp, the guy had called our house and whoever answered the phone answered something along the lines of the way that I had taught them, which was Wilson's, this is so-and-so. And then they were really, uh, so the person who was calling knew who they were talking to and and they politely got whoever it is that, I don't know if you want to talk to me or Ben, I could I can't remember, but he said that made a huge impact on his decision to hire Ben was mm. simply when he called, he called a household with kids who had manners and were respectful mm-hmm. and honoring. So it's, it's, it can be the little things that open up the doors and also right. the little things that build the family culture. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to maybe speak to this as a younger mom. Um, I think 
one of the ways that we build uh, a strong family culture is not yielding to trends and giving into cultural pressures and norms, mm-hmm. but making decisions based on the truth of God's word. Can you maybe speak to that a little bit? I think it's just simply things like maintaining order and discipline in a biblical way versus like, I've seen this huge trend with gentle parenting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't have gentle children. <laughs> that, that's not going to work for me. I'm not saying that I won't be a respectful parent or that I won't right. be a kind parent, but there is a, or a merciful parent, but mm-hmm. there's a difference between um, coddling your kids and having expectations. Right, exactly. And and in fact, I have an example of when you were here. Um, our daughter-in-law, Julia, was sharing this story after you left um, that uh, Jazer had done something and he was, he was pretty, he was pretty repentant for it, but, but uh, your, your husband, Sam's um, plan was, was discipline. And mm-hmm. instead he just looked at him and he said, you know, I'm going to show you grace. You, you, mm-hmm. d- you deserve the consequences, but I'm going to show you grace because that's, because God shows us grace. And so he took that moment to teach a very important lesson in a very defining moment because that kid was on the verge of consequences <laughs> and his ears were wide open. <laughs> and so that's, that's another, just those little things. Those are the, the threats. Those are the threats mm-hmm. that weave the family culture and um, Mm -hmm. the ways, and I love what you say about, I I get the idea behind gentle parenting because if you've come from a very, you know, maybe a very uh, striving parents who were very Mm -hmm. harsh and that kind of thing, and you don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. The problem is we pendulum swing. We tend to pendulum swing unless we're rooted and grounded in God's word. And so we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. There is a place for gentleness. There is a place for firmness. Mm -hmm. And, and it, don't have to feel guilty about that. Um, now, some yeah. of, I have known moms along the way who really, really tried. And so I'm going to tell you, show you the hindsight of what happens when you try to do that. So especially a mom with her boys, this becomes problematic. They have no respect for you. So mm. I w- was watching these moms and I'm watching them thinking, oh my goodness, they're so mild mannered and sweet and humble and kind to their kids. I stink, you know, because I just tell my kids, hey, knock it off. That is not okay, you know? And um, <laughs> now time, now over time, what ended up happening was that child had zero respect for the mother, mm-hmm. zero because she did not set a firm boundary. I'm telling you, especially with the boys, a lot of times, um, I, I say this because we had five boys, so that's, you know, I'm sure, I know there are girls who are like this too, but really, I find this especially true with the boys. Like, you got to draw that line and you basically have to send the message, if you stick that hairy toe over that line, I will stomp <laughs> on it, you know? Oh, yeah. They need to know that. And you know what? I have done that how many times with our boys and they... They love and respect me as adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, they come over, they want to, they literally will practically sit on my lap. I mean, <laughs> they're just the sweetest, most loving um, boys, but they respect me and I respect them. That's the other mm-hmm. thing is that you know, as they began to grow into their teen years, I really tried to let them be the, the men that God was uh, creating them to be without letting them take over the household. So 
you know, and that's yeah. where that's a whole other episode. But again, more threads that weave that family culture. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking about this last night with, um, we were having dinner dinner with uh, Luke and Julia and Johanna and Silas. And um, Johanna was saying that one of the things that she always remembers is that when we dealt with you guys and and your relationships with each other, we went off of the New Testament and how the body of Christ is supposed to treat each other. Mm-hmm. And those were the standards that we use. So when you read in in the New Testament where it tells you how we're supposed to treat each other, that's how we tried to encourage you all to treat each other. So that means sometimes mm-hmm. you have to speak the truth in love. Sometimes you have to go to that sibling and say, look, this isn't good for you. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. If you don't change this, I'm going to need to go to the proper authorities, which would be mom and dad, and let them know what's happening because I care mm-hmm. about you. This is not okay, you know? And so yeah. again, more threads that sort of weave. Yeah. Another uh, thing that you guys did that was, I feel like, very important, and um, this in comparison to my husband's upbringing, this was a huge difference. Um, You never, as far as you could help it, (laughs) you (laughs) never disciplined us in front of each other. Mm -hmm. If we had an argument, you would deal with us separately, one-on-one, not in front of each other. no humiliation, no satisfaction for the other sibling. Right. Um, you know, it was very much just a one-on-one heart-to-heart type of thing. And um, my husband's family was not like that. It was mm-hmm. um, bend over, grab your ankles. <laughs> You're all getting spanked right. together. Right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was corporal punishment. It was, it was things like that. And um, that created anger in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that do you made think him it was like, the was it the corporal punishment or was it the being punished with like in front of everybody else? Uh, it was both, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. It just it was it was humiliating to him, and mm-hmm. I think that made him associate anger with discipline, and th- those are things that he had to sort through, right, you know, right. in his late teens, right, but, right, and um, actually, yeah. But just we're super careful not to do that with our kids, right. That's so good. That's so good. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because actually we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a, a podcast episode with uh, Wes. I've had him on before, but we're going to be talking about, is there such a thing as biblical spanking? And so we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about that. So if that kind of caught your attention there, moms, we're going to be doing an episode on that soon. Um, but, you know, I think that part of building a family culture too is some of what we've experienced, you know, over the holidays, which is, you know, creating traditions and rituals that fit Mm -hmm. your family. And that's not just at Christmas time. Like there's things that we did, like um, they were a good fit for our family and they didn't seem like anything important at the time. They were just what needed to be done. For instance, going out and chopping wood. Well, all the boys, Daryl would chop the wood and all the boys would help haul the wood. But the deal was when we were all done, we would start the fire pit and we would roast hot dogs and, um, and s'mores. Mm-hmm. And there would be like this time of 
just fun when it was over, simple fun, but everybody mm-hmm. looked forward to it. And um, things like having popcorn and smoothies on Sunday nights, well, that worked well for me because I didn't want to cook another meal. I needed some sort of Sabbath on a Sunday. And we got up, we went to church, we came home, we had a big meal. So by the time I was experiencing a Sabbath, it was about three in the afternoon. So um, <laughs> so we decided that popcorn and smoothies was the best way to to handle the evening meal. And that was something that you know, was just a, a ritual that we did every week. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were many more, but it was all weaved. It all came out of the things we just talked about. Um, mm-hmm. the, the building a strong marriage. That's that's those are the foundational things. Building a strong marriage, discipling, disciplining, training our kids. Um, not yielding to trends, creating traditions and rituals that actually fit your family. They don't have to be Pinterest perfect. They can be so simple. And yet they grow out of all of those other things. Um, you know, I think too that just even the, um, you know, just working together a lot. You know, we did that a lot as a family, um, keeping a simple routine that revolved around a lot of time together as a family. So we were mm-hmm. working together. We were playing together. We were living, just living pretty much all of life together. And it seems like families can be so fragmented now um, with mm-hmm. the, you know, with the internet, with social media, with um, not that those things are bad, but um, they can quickly really uh, cause family time to be disrupted. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be super intentional in, intentional about making sure that we are pretty much spending the bulk of our time together yeah. as a family, you know? Um, you know, I, I always liked to cook um, simple, healthy meals. And so I was always working towards, you know, making our our food healthier and healthier. And I would involve you guys in that because that was important to me. Um, and so that was, that was part of our day, you know, that was just preparing healthy meals. And so, you know, it just, it seems like you said, like, it seems mundane, but it was, it was really gratifying. And I, I do know that, um, you had mentioned to me something about, um, that I didn't seem to resent it. And, um, I had to laugh because, there were moments that I did <laughs> feel resentment and I would I would talk to your dad about it and he would sort of talk me down, but I didn't ever want you guys to feel like this mm. wasn't the life that I wanted and mm-hmm. I wanted you to know that you were a blessing. And so tried really hard <laughs> not, not to, not to. And you know, the thing is that God was really good at, you know, just regularly like getting me back in line, you know, like mm-hmm. Dorinda quit with the attitude, you know, like, <laughs> well, and you I always were so good about treating each of us kids as individuals, mm-hmm. um, not just lumping us all together in one category, right. you know, right. right, right. Yeah. That's one of the comments we got a lot was that people would say, well, they're all so different. I'm like, and what are, <laughs> what do you mean? By that? <laughs> well, they are different people. <laughs> You guys are very different. You have similarities, but you know, there is definitely, you're all very unique and it's, it's so fun to see all of that develop uh, over mm-hmm. the years. But, um, you know, I, I was thinking about the whole tapestry thing and how every now and then God gives us a glimpse of the work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of it is just faithful obedience. Um, and not, like I said, not just in the big things, but in the little things, um, it's perseverance 
And Mm -hmm. we were talking about this the other day, the whole concept of faithfulness in the little things for a really long time is what people don't seem to understand is so important because faithfulness often doesn't feel good. (laughs) I think that's something we have to remember. Yeah. So I wanted to, I've read this, um, this, this quote before on another episode, but I'm I'm going to read it again because it's really a great, um, it fits in so beautifully with what we're talking about. So um, this author um, was describing a field and brush mower her dad bought that was huge and self-powered and could mow over saplings three inches thick. She said, when you mowed with it, you felt yourself jogging along behind a thing that was well out of control as you did your best not to mow the orchard. So here's the quote that I wanted to share. I have thought of this many times as an example of what faithfulness feels like. It feels like out of control. It feels like thanking God breathlessly for things that you think were a bad idea. Um, It feels like struggling to keep up and being sure that you're doing a good job. It feels like you're uh, not really seeing the vision for what you're doing. And yet whenever you look over your shoulder where you expect to see the devastation of your poorly executed job, what you see instead is a beautiful garden growing. Faithfulness Mm -hmm. does not feel like what it is accomplishing. We've gotten so consumed with feelings needing to be pleasant that we have discarded the generally unpleasant feelings of faithfulness. It doesn't feel good, so it cannot be good. But discarding the feelings of faithfulness discards the fruits of it. And the fruit Mm. is all the glory and purpose and calling you could ever need or want. It only seems unpleasant for a moment until we learn how to see in faith. I just thought that was so good. That is good. We were thinking that it would be really great to make t-shirts that say, um, just trying not to mow the orchard, right? (laughs) (laughs) It would be a great uh, uh, conversation piece. But later on... So then later on, this author also encourages the reader to hang on, obey him, watch the chips fly, feel them sting on your shins, and occasionally look behind you to see the beauty that God is accomplishing in your obedience because it will be genuinely glorious. Mm. And uh, so, you know, it's just, it's again, it's something that most of us don't see until it's in hindsight and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never too late to pick up and start doing the right thing, but you can't go back and do mm-hmm. that. There's no exactly. do-overs. And so, that's something uh, I wish I could tell the people of my generation. As he's, I see so many of them choosing to very much limit the size of their family and, you know, or have no kids. And I'm just like, someday at Thanksgiving, you're going to look around your table. Mm-hmm. And how many faces do you want there? Do you want mm-hmm. two? Do you want mm-hmm. one? Do you want 10? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. think about what this is going to be in, not now, but 30 years from now. Right, right. Exactly. That is so true. It's having that multi-generational perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, I, I, I honestly, if I'm just going to be completely honest, I did not realize the depth and breadth of what I was doing while our kids were growing up. I just knew I had to do it. It was a mm-hmm. conviction that I couldn't wiggle out of. And when I was tempted to deviate, I would feel very heavy and very off. And I knew mm-hmm. I had to just keep my hand to the plow in all the very basic things, marriage, parenting, homeschooling, taking care of our home, um, mm-hmm. cooking simple, healthy meals. Um, it was that day-to-day that our, it was in that day-to-day that our family culture was built. Um, and I had no idea how strongly that would bond us together, um, not just at the time, but f- for a lifetime, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and 
know what? No one knew about most of it. It was mm-hmm. done quietly and under the radar. It wasn't posted to social media. It was just a quiet offering to the Lord over and over and over again. And it was hard work. And I just mm-hmm. think if we realize, okay, faithfulness is not going to it's often not going to feel good and it's going to be a lot of hard work. It makes it so much easier to say, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but again, none of us has a perfect family, but we offer our whole selves. We offer Mm -hmm. our whole family and continually to the Lord and be intentional like you were talking about, you know, like not thoughtless, but intentional. Mm -hmm. And um, But then also recognizing that the one who makes it all beautiful and consecrates it all is God. It's Him. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't know if there was anything you wanted to add to that um, because I think we need to wrap up this episode. Yeah, I'm going to say. I, I hear There's baby. an infinite amount to add to that, but. <laughs> well, anything that just stands out to you right now? Um, I think you said it perfectly. It's just mm-hmm. plodding along and it's, mm-hmm. it's not needing to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. It's just doing the little things faithfully day in and day out mm-hmm. and giving it to the Lord, consecrating mm-hmm. it to him. Amen. He Amen. will bless it. Amen. We're going to go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for giving us the families that you've given us, for giving us the good work that you have given us. Just pray that we would be found faithful, God, to get up every morning and and walk in obedience to you, Lord. Transformation happens um, as we obey you, specifically when we obey you when we don't feel like it. Lord, that is what changes us and that is what you use to change us. So help us to read your word, to embrace what you have uh, for us and to walk faithfully in it. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just want to let everybody know if you want to uh, have a great uh, magazine delivered to your home, Homeschooling Today is a fantastic magazine. Um, I write for them. Their content is great. Um, They're very family oriented. I always say that schools should revolve around family. Uh, not family around school and homeschooling today has that same uh, viewpoint. And so I would love for you to go check them out. I will leave a link in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. 